0: We can't buy more clean air. We can't buy more clean water. I don't care what you have to say, but we have to adapt or we die.
1: The voice of the people It is the voice of the advocates. It is the power of organizing. That's what creates that initial change.
2: This is People Over Plastic. Welcome to the People Over Plastic podcast. I'm Shilpi Chotre, your host, plastic pollution activist and media maven. We're back with season three, and this time we've partnered up with PRISM, a newsroom led by journalists of color. Ray Levi-Ueda, PRISM's climate justice reporter, helps me break down the facts. We believe you deserve to know the real stories behind climate chaos and society's most pressing injustices. It's time to set the record straight. On today's episode, Ray and I reflect on a recent conversation I had with my friends, Sharon and Shamira Levine from St. James Parish, Louisiana. So we've seen it time and time again, right? Tons of media coverage when extreme weather events happen, and then silence. We're seeing it with the Jackson water crisis and the floods in Pakistan and Puerto Rico. The Gulf South is another region prone to climate inequities where communities are constantly looking for a break. The last time I had Ms. Sharon on our show, her roof had just blown off from Hurricane Ida. So here we are a year later in light of yet another hurricane season.
3: Me, myself, I'm working on my home right now as we speak.
2: How many people in St. James still don't have roofs on their houses?
3: Well, we still have people that are still struggling to try to get a roof on their
0: homes and to get back into their homes.
1: Thank you for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. Please come forward for boarding.
0: In July, we had a chance to go and visit Washington, D.C., my mother and I, to meet with a FEMA representative. And we spoke about our concerns about their process of how people get funds after a disaster happens. Whenever someone says that they're denied, and people understand it to say that they're denied, but actually they just need to submit more proof. And that miscommunication in itself caused a lot of people more stress and anxiety and worry because The print isn't laid out in layman's terms. The climate is is changing. So being prepared, being aware, being knowledgeable of all of these processes and your insurance is so important.
2: Okay, so here's what you need to know about FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina caused over 1,800 deaths, $125 billion in damage, and it has become a symbol of inept bureaucracy, especially with the
1: majority Black population in the region. Ray breaks it down. For most of American history, there just hasn't been a ton of funding for people of color. I think part of that is just because of the wealth and income disparities between white folks and people of color and the kind of funding that people of color have access to.
3: We are hoping that the money gets into the right hands. We need this money to help us with the fight that we're going through to help people to construct their homes again and to pick up the pieces and go forward.
2: There seems to be a big disconnect with what the politicians are saying and what's actually happening on the ground.
3: We only get bits and pieces of what's going on behind the scenes. We don't have a say-so in what's going on. The politicians does. We don't see the funds. So I don't know how do we go around the politicians to be a part of the decision-making when these funds come down.
0: Mr. Sharon Love, with all due respect, we all gonna die. We, gonna we die, all gonna die.
3: But why why rush it? So why why rush not it not with this industry? I
0: told you, my my main concern is the health and safety of our. Rent. This is right. Council Alley. It's not Cancer
2: Alley. This is Council Alley. Don't tell me this is not Council Alley. On September 14th, a Louisiana court denied permits for the Formosa Plastics Complex to break ground in St. James Parish. The judge's decision was based on health concerns that would impact the majority Black and low-income community. The proposed $9.4 billion facility would have emitted 800 tons of toxic pollution in an area already overrun with industry. It would have also been a major producer of single-use plastic. Ms. Sharon and Shamira have been on the forefront of this four-year-long battle. We recorded before this historic win, but pressure was mounting. Have a listen. You've been so prolific in getting Formosa to listen and take heed of the power that's in St. James. How does that apply to the local parishes and and the government?
3: It's hard to get the parish officials to listen to us. Formosa is listening, but the Formosa has the parish officials on their side. So it's kind of hard to fight when our public officials are listening to petrochemical industries.
1: I had read about Cancer Alley a while back because ProPublica had been doing some really amazing reporting. So I was thinking about that and I was like, well, what's gonna happen? You know, what does that look like? And so from, from that question, I then started reaching out to people and reaching out to legal experts as well as people who live in St. James Parish and live in Cancer Alley, which is just a horrible and efficient way of talking about the disgusting air quality that people have to live with.
2: Over the last few years, Shamira Levine has been getting more involved in the fight to save Cancer Alley. Let's hear more from this incredible mother-daughter duo.
0: Our main goal is to educate, to educate and to advocate. So many people don't know what's going on, and, and it's okay if you don't. I didn't either. But this job has forced me to learn. And as long as you're willing to learn, there's someone that is willing to teach you.
2: There are so many community-level fights across the world when it comes to petrochemicals and and big oil and big plastic. What is your secret sauce that has really brought attention to this issue?
3: Our secret sauce is the good Lord. Amen. (laughs) That's our secret sauce.
0: (laughs) And my mom is anointed. I call my mom America's sweetheart because... People adore her. You know, one thing about people, they can tell genuity, authenticity within seconds of meeting you. And when she opens her mouth, people understand and they feel her passion and they feel that purpose and they feel that light.
2: Myra, how do you feel your role is as you're stepping into this space? It's really incredible that you're able to share this with your mom.
0: The image here, or the bigger picture here, is my mom's been a school teacher all of her life. My mom is in rare form right now, and I'm blessed and honored to be able to witness it, to be able to see this happening in front of my very eyes. This is incredible. She's known all over the world. This doesn't happen every day. Before this, I was doing mental health. Um, mental health therapy, counseling, and I was also working with youth. So um, I came in in 2020 when my mom was swamped. And in 2021, she won a Goldman Prize, and then I was swamped.
3: <laughs>
0: for outstanding environmental achievement for North America, the 2021 Goldman Environmental Prize is awarded to Sharon Levine. St. James Parish,
3: Louisiana. I don't care what nobody say. The governor, anyone, I'm
0: not afraid. God told me for most it's not going to do that to us. It's been overwhelming, but it's been forcing us to be there, but it's also brought us closer. And you know, life is a little different when you're waking up to fight a purpose, when you're waking up to fight for your hometown, when you're waking up to fight for people that look like you, and when you're waking up to fight for years of oppression and intentional sacrificing of your community and people that look like you. And as you learn and you grow when you realize there's a bunch of little towns like St. James all over the world that are being sacrificed the exact same way, So imagine waking up every day knowing that you're fighting for people's lives. I mean, what better feeling is there? There There's so many young people in St. James Parish that have a voice, and I think that they are the future for this movement. We can't do it without them. They're going to be here when we're not here anymore.
2: With the election creeping up, I was so inspired to hear how much passion Shamira has to bring in the youth perspective. We know we cannot win without the next generation of voters, especially in states that have immense voter suppression, like Louisiana.
0: Previous engagement with the youth has been through Black History Essay Contest. Our most recent one was asking youth to write about what is their vision for St. James. Because it's important not to only say what you don't want, you also have to be clear on what you do want. And it's so important to have what we're saying coming from the mouth of the kids. Sometimes people will listen if it's their kids telling them that when they won't hear it from us.
2: It's that kitchen table organizing. That's so powerful and that's where it starts. I, I would love to ask you to recall a moment if you had a similar experience when you first started this.
3: Well, after I got that message from God, we had a meeting in my den. There was about eight of us in the den, and we were all fired up because we heard about Formosa. We said we wanted to start an organization, an organization that did something, that they didn't just have a meeting. Because the other organization I was in, we just had meetings once a month, and we talked about what's going on, but we didn't have any action behind it.
2: As somebody who has been so successful in the U.S., How do we make sure this doesn't happen in in other parts of the world? I really look at plastics and and climate as a global issue, not just something that we have to focus on nationally. And I get really worried about if they take their business elsewhere.
3: We don't need all of these throwaway plastics. And the petrochemical industry that makes plastics, they would be out of business because the, the, the chemicals that's used to make the plastics are cancer-causing. So we have to get to the root of the problem.
0: And to add on to that, using our voice, putting pressure on our local leaders. We're stronger in numbers. And if the people in your parish or your your county is, aren't doing the right thing, vote them out. Get them out, replace them.
3: We need more help with that. And next year, we're going to vote for our parish council members. So we are trying to gather those people right now for the parish council meetings for next year. If they need to be trained to make sure we get someone that understands about what's going on and the issues that we are facing in St. James Parish.
2: Ms. Sharon for president. If God
3: tell me to run, trust me, I would run.
2: The Supreme Court capped off a week of landmark decisions yesterday by limiting the EPA's power to curb carbon dioxide emissions. So last summer, PRISM published this great article written by Ray about the Supreme Court ruling that guts the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate climate change. Here's what it
1: means for Cancer Alley. What I was wanting to demonstrate in this article is that um, the EPA had already been failing people who were living in Cancer Alley, and in this ruling would continue to let people down. You know, the EPA, like a lot of other federal agencies, doesn't exist to protect the environment or to protect people. It exists to tell polluting entities how much they can pollute.
3: I'm sorry they did that to the EPA. EPA is federal, and we need them to do their job, so I'm sorry they weakened them. They are protecting industry, meaning you can go on and pollute even more. They come in there, sit down, have a cup of coffee or whatever they're drinking, and when they leave, they don't have any violations. Let the people in St. James evaluate these industries. We live there, let us be trained on how to evaluate them, and I'll be the first one there. It angers me to know that they are not protecting us. For years, I was told, call this number whenever you smell something or hear something, and I found out that I was wasting my time when I found out they were working for industry and not for us. Had me calling like a fool, we need to vote those people out and vote people in that cares about people.
2: Louisiana continues to be one of the friendliest states to the chemical production industry. Shamira, a question for you. Knowing what you have at stake in communities like St. James, how can we make sure Louisiana becomes a little bit less friendly to to chemical producers?
0: Resistance is, a, is the number one thing we need. But in reality, they're fighting against us, and we want to expose that. When they're fighting on the side of the industries, they can be bought. They can be bought. They have a price tag. And if you're paying a certain amount of money, they will completely disregard the lives of the human beings and the poor black people that are getting the brunt of this agreement that they're making.
3: And also, going out to vote. That's one of the big issues. Vote out the ones that are deceiving us and put in people that care about us and care about our community.
2: So here's another layer to all of this. I've seen this time and time again in the advocacy space. White NGOs are co-opting terms like environmental justice and equity for their own political gain. We have to make sure the term is owned and defined by the communities who are most impacted. What can these groups do to really give the environmental justice the power and the dignity it deserves?
0: That's a great question. I would say if you want to donate resources, donate to the organizations that are actually on the front line doing the work. We don't need a person that's over the region or a person that doesn't look like us. For you to give the donations to so they can distribute it as they see fit. Speak directly to the people that's in the community. So that's your number one sign. Make sure the person lives there and is, infect, uh, is impacted and is on the front line. If not, don't donate to them.
2: Please look at who sits on their board, who their donors are. You know, there's these big ocean NGOs that are often led by white leadership that have no real sense of what Coca-Cola or Exxon or Dow or DuPont is doing in these frontline communities, but that's who sits on their board. And they're taking up all of the resources. I don't care how many cleanups they're initiating, that is not a systemic solution. You don't need to be told how to run St. James.
3: That's right, that's exactly right.
0: Honestly, we know that these chemical plants have been strategically placed and built in poor Black communities because they expect to receive the least amount of resistance. Every time another person is educated, every converse, every time that conversation happens, that is a one mark towards the resistance of these plants. The more that we speak against it, the less they can do. And that's where our power is going to be. It's in our voice, it's in these conversations, it's in this education. And it's in reaching out and just having some type of human concern for other human beings.
2: Big hugs to our Louisiana fan. To learn more about Miss Sharon and Shamira's groundbreaking work in Cancer Alley and how to support Rise St. James, check out our show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in, all. We're just getting started. This episode was generously supported by Beyond Petrochemicals, a new Bloomberg campaign aimed to halt the rapid expansion of petrochemical and plastic pollution in the U.S. This episode was produced by Dennis Maxwell. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe and follow us on social. And if you're loving the show, be sure to give us a review. Signing off for now.